is the fourth part podcast, a podcast made by Freemasons to be enjoyed by all. The opinions of the hosts and the guests are their own and do not reflect any Grand Lodge stance or opinion. And now here are your hosts, the grumpiest past master and the OG Danielson. Welcome to the fourth part podcast. I'm your host, the grumpiest past master. And my co-host, the OG Daniel son. And welcome back. We appreciate everybody being patient for us. But uh, that kind of starts off what we want to talk about, right? Uh, Masons have a working tool, a 24-inch gauge. And it's one of the first tools that, you know, you're shown in masonry for a reason. You know, because it's kind of the basis of how you can effectively be a mason and a man in the world divest your time yeah it's it's dividing your time up in a manner in which you can operate day to day and be productive in society so when masons look at it we're told it's broken up into certain parts three separate parts um but i think it's more of a suggestion it's not like a hard you must spend this amount of time on one thing, right. this amount of time on your work, this amount of time on masonry, this amount of time on, you know, uh, just pleasure. I think it's more, the idea behind it is saying, like, listen, you have to prioritize things. Some sections of that gauge may get a little more or a little less, but the idea is saying to a person, carve out this time to take care of what you have to take care of. But these are the three most important parts that you kind of have to go to. Right. You know, to effectively divide your time, because um, as Masons, we have to be of service. So to effectively plan out your day where you can be as much, you know, as useful as you can to your surroundings. But also, don't forget rest. Rest is very important because empty cups don't pour. Mm -hmm. You know, so... We a lot of times that's where you experience burnout and amazingly that's a big thing. So to to effectively oh, yeah. yeah plan your time and effectively divide it in a way where you're 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 putting out into the world, but also once it's all said and done, you have enough left over for yourself. Because when we invest too much time into our surroundings, you start becoming the surroundings, and you're not you, you lose your, a little bit of yourself essentially. So um. I don't know how specific can we get with the twenty-four inch gauge. I mean, it's something could be looked up. It's not, it's not considered a secret of masonry, so right. you can really talk about it, and, you know, as much as you want. I, for me, the twenty-four inch gauge is like, it's just as important as every other, as every other working tool. I think it's maybe one of the most important. Why is that? It, it, would, it wouldn't be, because again, going into something where you come from the outside world, your husband, your a father, your cousin, your brother, your co-worker, anything where you have an identity. Now you come into this fraternity and you have to be of value and contribute a certain way. And when things are fresh and new, a lot of times you just dive all the way in. So masonry is kind of a marathon where it's a lifelong um, journey of uh, individual growth, if you will. And as you go through it, in order to kind of get the most out of every avenue and every street, you got to spend a little bit of time there. Then you get guys that just apron chase. They, you get guys that they just want the titles and 
right you know, it's about you know once you go through your whole journey you know f- from all the concordant bodies you find out it brings you right back to the first three the blue lodge yeah yeah the the fact that like you going back to what you said about guys that end up joining every single part of masonry right out of the gate you know the best piece of advice that i got was listen st- spend some time here learn this enjoy this and then you start to join things when you feel you're ready and that was really his way of saying use your 24 inch gauge don't pile on too much right because then there won't be time for anything else and men have a nature of once a lot of men have this nature where if they start something mm-hmm. they don't let go of it sometimes or they just get overwhelmed and like you said burn out and then you lose them across the board. Yeah, I mean, you do a lot of things good, but what are you doing great? You're not really benefiting from it all the way. I mean, you got guys that join certain, you know, other lodges and, you know, they're lodge here, lodge there. Like, what attention can you really, you're busy, but you're not really getting anything done. Yeah. And a lot of times that's confused with progress, and it's not. You're just moving around, it's chaos. But to make organization out of chaos, then you reap the actual benefits from it whether it's relationships you know i i was just talking to a brother and we're we're about to do a first degree and he hadn't done one in maybe two years and he's like wow there's there's parts of this that i didn't really they they don't hit me like they do now at an older age Mm -hmm. and it's the same thing with music sometimes you hear a song as a kid and you're like oh i love it for this version and then you get it you know as an adult you're looking at it and like wow i never never real realized that it was but you know the attentive ear it 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 picks up certain things with maturity. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that the twenty four inch gauge is overlooked quite a bit, or maybe taken at too much of face value? Yeah, where it's and that's a lot of things in and I guess in masonry, like you look at things and there's a very clear and obvious and blatantly obvious meaning. Right, you look at something, you're like, "This is this." It's literal, you know, like a beehive. Like it's all right. It's about being industrious or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, but there's so much more to it, and I feel like a lot of symbols, but things, even the 24 inch gauge, it's it goes well. It's it's pretty simple. This is what it means. Mm-hmm. It means, you know, divide your time, prioritize things, and make sure you have your day organized. Yes, but you know, there's a lot more to it. Well, yeah, I think I think because the way time is now, you know, it's so it's so kind of specific with the instructions that it gives. Where it's like, okay, three equal parts, eight hours for this, eight hours for that, eight hours for that. And in this day and age, that's kind of impossible. So a lot of times, I feel like guys kind of just disregard. Okay, yeah, I got to do that, but that's impossible. You know. Um, Right, that's why I say it's not it's not a strict it's not they say eight, eight and eight. So right. eight for your usual vocations, mm-hmm. eight for the service to God, and then eight for refreshment. Well and yeah, rest. essentially But it's it, they don't mean specific, exactly eight, eight and eight. Right. Like it's it's the the idea behind it is is that there's only twenty four hours in that day. That's what the twenty four different, you know, parts of that twenty four right. inch gauge means. It's it's more or less to try to say to you, like, listen, there's only so much time, you know, break it up how you feel, but dedicate yourself 
to those portions. However you see fit. Like exactly. if you need if you can only do six hours of sleep and and rest and refreshment and sleep and add some more time to one of the other categories, you know, that's that's good. Yeah. You know. But knowing it's that it's the reminder that there's only so much time in a day. And you can't always fit everything in. So you have to prioritize what's important and fit it into the day. And that's essentially why I'm saying it gets overlooked because a lot of times it's presented so specifically and guys are just like this, I can't do that. So they overlook it. Plus it's not really as cool as some of the other working tools. But essentially it tells you go into the day with a plan because we don't, we don't you know, plan to fail, we fail to plan. Right. So, you know, before undertaking any type of situation, it teaches you, all right, first, as you wake up, you plan the day. Then as you undertake any responsibilities that you have, whether it's at your job, whether it's planning something, again, it's that mental muscle, that, that muscle memory of, okay, I'm going into this situation planning, and I have to divide it in certain ways. So going into the day with a plan, I think that's one of the most important things about that. It's just, okay, plan. A lot of times people just exist. Yeah. All right, let's see what happens uh, if I get to it. If you go in there with the dedication that, okay, I got this amount of time for this, this amount of time for that, and this amount, then you know, you're know you going to be a little bit more committed to the plan. Right. And also, doesn't it also, it should be teaching you also not to be obsessive too. Mm-hmm. Right? So it should be like, all right, I'm going to dedicate this, you know, two hours for masonry, you know, once a month or twice a month, however many times your lodge meets, and that's my time for masonry. Yeah. You know, and not to, you know, Obsess. join every, yeah, join every organization and at the detriment to everything else in your life, become obsessive and now there's no other time for anything else that's important. Right, so it should be teaching you to not become so obsessive with it too. Right. Because then if you're, like, let's say you're working on a project for something, like you're working on, I don't know, something around your house, and you're just hyper-focused on it, and you're not paying attention and losing track of time, and now everything else in your life suffers. It's you know, lacking. like you missed, this, yeah. you missed dinner because you were just, you know, you got to learn to say, all right, I'm, I'm done with it today. Tomorrow's a new day type of thing. And it's funny because, you know, the way, the way they, they break it down, right, you have you know, a certain amount of time to invest to the service of the outside. Then you have rest. But then you had have, you know, refreshment, godly stuff, mm -hmm. which is kind of a blend of both. Right. You know, so it's like put yourself out there. Don't be selfish. You have to kind of mix the two in a way where it's it's everybody benefits from it. Mm -hmm. It's the best version of you, ultimately. Right. That's kind of why we took a little bit of a hiatus doing this podcast was – Work got busy for both of us. Life got busy with the family, you know, and you just kind of have to say, all right, there's not really time for this now, and there are things that need to get done, and you kind of have to shed the things that there's no time in the day because if you added that one more thing, it's going to now it's gonna now take away from the other priorities that right. you have in your life. You know, there's only so many things you could fit in that day. Plus, but, you know, when you put out content kind of half-assed, excuse my French, people can tell. It's like, all right, these guys are kind of forcing it. Mm -hmm. You know, me and you kind of trust the process where things are more organic 
And hey, listen, if if you don't, if you can't do it all the way, don't do it. You know, because we're wasting both our times at mm-hmm. that point. So um, I know how you do stuff, and you're only going to do it a thousand percent. So if you can't put a thousand percent in, all right, listen, next week, next week, or the week after. I'm the same way. And you know, you try to make it fit where it can, and you just make it happen. But yeah, I think it was good because sometimes also you you kind of need that time to stop and reflect. How can you do it better? Um, am I kind of following the same um, model or outline as somebody else? Let's try this. Let's try mm-hmm. that. I mean, it's 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 a great it's a great process, and it, it goes back to what we were saying about one of our first episodes about the um in speech. You kind of fill in the silence, and when you have a a, a, a pause in workflow, it's like oh we're not doing it. We got to put something out. We got to put something out. Mm-hmm. That's the silence. Just like in speech, mm-hmm. you got to be comfortable with the. All right, listen, we'll, we'll get it when we get it, and just thrive in the patience and and be comfortable in the silence. Right. Well, this is this was our our rest and refreshment part mm-hmm. of our. <laughs> you know, we just needed some time to think about what we were doing, like you said, and you come back revitalized, and you're like, all right, you know, because if you pile too much in there, you get burnt. just like in masonry, burnout, and everything else, everything else you're involved in in life, you could burn yourself out. And then you don't enjoy it, right? And this is something we're supposed to be enjoying. And if we're just doing it because we have to do it, it becomes a job and not a pleasure. Right. You know, and I don't want that. And I know you don't want that. So so going back to the working tools, the common gavel is another working tool of Enter the Apprentice. Out of both of those, what do you think is more important? You know, I... They're they're both they're kind of both tied together in a right. way. So when you are planning your day, so that's your planning stage, that's your twenty four inch gauge. Your common gavel is your action, right? Planning and then act, executing. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So your common gavel is supposed to. That's where you chip off mm-hmm. the things you don't need about your about yourself. Mm-hmm. But if you don't use it in conjunction with the 24-inch gauge... I break off too much. You could break off too much. <laughs> and now right. the day's wasted, right? Right. You break off too much, and now, you're, now you have a divot in your stone. And you got to... Then what happens? If you chunk a big chunk off of your stone, and now you've got a divot, what happens? In order to make that level you have to then reduce the size of everything else. And just for the people that don't know, or some of the newer members, what is a gavel? So the common gavel is, it's it's a hammer. It's a hammer with a, a specific edge on it that's used to hewn stones into shape. And masons are taught to then use that gavel to, in a, you know. Specific. The spe- what, what did the stonemasons of old use that? gavel for they use it to shape rough stones right. to to fit those stones into the building that they were building so metaphorically the way we present it is i'll pass it off to you because you're so <laughs> eloquent <laughs> the to chip off the corners of rough stones the mm. better to fit the builder's use right so we used the common gavel to fit ourselves into the world in a more perfect way. So those, those things that we kind of deem selfish, things that are kind of taken away of the whole 
um, you know, a lot of times to fit yourself into society. And that's what's one of the most powerful things I find in masonry is that it makes you a soldier of good in the world. Mm -hmm. And it makes sure that you have to be of service. Any situation where you find is good or honorable, there's probably a mason there, at least in the old times. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of us that are just kind of out there that you don't really know. I mean, how many times have you run into somebody who was a mason and you had no idea, you know? So maybe somebody you but it made sense when you found out. It's like mm, yeah, you've I dealt with it. them. Oh, you've dealt with them a lot, and you know, then all of a sudden it comes out in some way, and you're like, ah, I guess I could I could see exactly why we kind of like had that. You know, we jived or whatever. How would that fit in relationships with, like, within the brotherhood or at work? How would what fit? How as would... far as, um, like, the common gavel, chipping off the rough parts of you so you're of use, you're that single piece of stone that fits perfectly in the building that the building needs, which the building could be metaphorically looked at as society or the workplace. You know, a lot of times you may be experienced and, and well-versed in your field, whether it's, you know, construction. And you got that guy who's been there forever and kind of like to make him better. You know, a lot of times I've seen guys and they'll they'll kind of crap on the old guy mm -hmm. and not make him of use. You know, where you got a guy it's like, hey, listen, you still have value. Because it's one thing, especially with charity, it's one thing to give somebody um, money, but it's another thing to show them that they still have value in the world. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably more rewarding. I had this conversation yesterday about the lotto. Like if if you if you won the lotto, would you would you give your friends money or would you give them opportunity to that money? Yeah, but, I mean that's you could a hard ruin one. somebody's life. You could, if, <laughs> you know. We all have friends, I'm sure, that were like, I know if I handed him that kind of money, mm -hmm. I'd be getting phone calls of like, hey, bro, I'm I'm in I'm in the jungle down in South America. Right. I don't know what happened, bro. Like, you know. So that's amazing with your Masonic, you know, teachings. If you won the lotto, how would you make would would you would you pay, you know, some of your friends, not pay them off, but would you give them money or would you maybe afford them opportunity like the I mean, there's a small amount of of money that I would give to mm -hmm. my friends and family to make the life easier. Right, just enough to like, you know, initially, you know, right out of the gate, uh, the way I always thought it was like, all right, enough to, you know, clear their debts, get them comfortable, but not enough they can get get themselves in trouble, right? You know, and then maybe then go from there. Like you said, give them opportunities to contribute to it, to then yeah. gain gain more. You know, you'll, you'll have unlimited but, access to the money, but you, all right, what are you, what are you trying to do? You trying to start a business? How much do you need? Okay, right. Here's this money. Because we're trying to back, help. We're trying to help them, you know, and help each other. Right. Grow. Right. And that's the thing. And otherwise, if you just hand them a stack of money, what have you done? You've just you've given them just a crutch in life. Way out. Yeah, it's just a crutch. You're never gonna let that person fall on their face. You know, but. If it's unbridled, and it's you know, I've, some people have said, "Well, that's not trusting of him," but it's it's human nature, right? You know, but you want a resource. You want to you you don't want to create a liability within mm -hmm. your surroundings. You want all your friends to kind of thrive and be the best version of themselves. And I think with masonry, holding people accountable. How many times have we had conversations with brothers? 
to try to bring them up to the standard that we hold them to. And not only that, but what we know that they want to be. Mm. It's one thing if somebody's just like, ah, I don't want, yeah, leave me alone. This is how I am. But coming into masonry, you're a good man and we're trying to make you better. So we know what you want to represent and we're going to hold you to that. So I think the same thing if I won the lottery, excuse me, I would, I would, you can give me like five bucks. Can I get like five bucks? Yeah, I give you five bucks. Five. You gotta pay me back though. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think you know, the investment into your surroundings and and if everybody's winning, because that money's gonna go too from you. You're not just gonna live off that money. You gotta find a way to kind of thrive. Uh, you know, or or you right. stop. Do or, you do you turn and take that money and go? I'm just going to hand. I'm just going to hand this money, hand a chunk of money to the lodge mm-hmm. to do what they see fit. Or are you going to set something up to benefit the craft in long term? Yeah. Because you can do the short term, you know, band-aids on things, but it doesn't fix the it's overall not, yeah, it's not long issue. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's the same thing with people, too. You know, it they, that's going to give temporary relief. It's not going right. to give long-lasting relief you got to change those habits too i've you know there's times where you know i've had debt that i've been bailed out of quick all right hey listen can i borrow it and you know then you just get right back into debt until you learn to kind of subdue those passions Mm -hmm. and make sure that i got to change the habit because at this problem it's not debt that's i'm the problem so i have to again um chip off all the superfluities if you will and all those things that kind of are, I don't know, selfish in nature. And I have to do the hard work and change my habits in order to stop repeating the cycle. And it comes back to a lot of these working tools. Mm-hmm. So I just talked in a circle with that one. I don't know what I'm speaking, saying. <laughs> <laughs> so where have you have you actually found recently anyone asking you about masonry more yeah because i've noticed i've i've had people ask me about what it's about more recently than than in the past i think what what helps well there's two things one in this generation and this this kind of climate um it's very hard to find exclusive groups which is just catered to men secondly the media used to kind of control the narrative with masonry and people used to follow that blindly but you know it it's it's been kind of commonly known nowadays that a lot of times the media kind of skews facts so you have people not trusting what is said about masonry and they want to do their own research mm-hmm. so let me ask somebody who's actually in it let me ask a mason oh that's what it's about you know you're a good guy you're a family guy i see what you represent I see. I, I could tell that you wouldn't just join this for, you know, whatever. You, you there's something yeah, that nefarious you, reasons, or right? That's usually what it comes down to. It's like exactly. some sort of like nefarious conspiracy theory exactly. about you know. I mean, you still have masonry. those. You still have the, the yeah. You're never gonna lose. You're never gonna lose that because there's always gonna be people that are skeptics about right. things, you know. But it's I the f- same reason like people join gyms. You see these guys that just join gyms and they want. You just need that little push, whether spiritually, physically, but I'm sorry I cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, go, go. 
Um, and, and going back to what you said, you, I find that even philosophically, like how many times are you just sitting there blindly scrolling on TikTok or Instagram or any type of other social media platform and you're being told what to think? And then thinking freely is even dangerous because, yeah, you, you might have a certain thought and people will take that thought and, and it defines you for your whole life. But that's just based on the resources you have at that time. As you get older, you change, your thoughts change, certain things that you might have feared um, are now an asset to you. And it's like, why, why was I scared of that? Or why did I uh, give that that type of attention or energy? And you see people grow as they get older. And masonry is one of those things where you could speak freely and ask those questions. And those questions are not even returned with, a, with an answer. They're returned with more questions. But it, it's more like, I'm going to teach you how to get the answer for yourself. And I think when you explain it to people that way, they're like, oh, wait, you can, you can have freedom of thought? Are you not telling me what to think? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like going back to, you know, you give a man a fish, you, you feed him for a day. You teach a man how to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. And I think that's more like what, what, what happens here is you're teaching people how to think for themselves. Yeah. Masonry is, <clears throat> it's become... Um... It's become more relevant, I think, now, because like you said, there's less groups for men out in the world that, you know, <clears throat> it's like for almost like people like when they join CrossFit, you know, they're looking for that community. Like CrossFit's like a community. It's like a thing that people do. They live it like all the time. You know, masonry could be like that <clears throat> for someone who doesn't want, you know, to work out, mm -hmm. you know, but like you said, it's thought-provoking. It's a philosophical exercise for men. And the disconnect of community that's happened over the last 30 years... Oh, yeah. You know, has... Absolutely. I think started to come full circle where people yearn for that person-to-person that -person connection where they're able to say, I'm able to sit and talk in person you know, bounce ideas off them, whatever. I think especially for our age group, you know, um, early to mid-30s, you're making that transition where you were the youngest guy in the area, the youngest guy in the work group, the youngest guy, and you always had that mentor or somebody was like, hey, let me let me talk to you for a sec. Um, you got a minute? And they're trying to give you advice. Mm -hmm. And now you get into that, that age group where you're actually becoming those people. So one of the, the, the blessings that I've encountered in Masonry is being around older gentlemen that kind of still give you that. It's reminiscent of my childhood, yeah, of people investing in you. And I think that's why it's so appealing to guys in our age group because it's like, you know, you, you don't have people investing you in you as much in the real world as far as thought-provoking content um, or even just advice. And the world is so, so gloomy and... and Isolated. Everybody's in their little bubble, mm -hmm. texting. People don't even know how to and really communicate set anymore. In there, like it's very set in their opinions. It's that algorithm. It you know, they're every very time. set in their <laughs> opinions. Being able to be open to other people's opinions and hear it and process it, and then walk away from that and coming coming to the table with those decisions. Or I'm I'm sorry, not decisions. Those are. I think masonry creates an arena where it's okay to not know anything. Mm -hmm. Because as you're coming into this, no matter what age group, 
you're like you're you're coming to the table hungry. So whatever food they're putting down, I'm gonna eat. I'm gonna eat, as opposed to let's say you join a gun club or you join any type of other thing. You're going there and you're trying to prove your worth and prove that you're of value, and 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 trying to be this you know whatever a know it all if you will. You know there's there's always those Mister Me Too's. And masonry, you don't really have that unless you get you know some of the older guys through their walks of life. They're very like eager to spread knowledge, and they feel that it's their duty to do so, and rightfully so. But in in masonry, you definitely have that guys that are hungry and they're willing to sit there and, and listen, which is great. But I, I'm gonna bounce that back to you. If that, at what point does that hunger leave the newer members, where we get into retainment issues? That's <clears throat> that's kind of a tough one. I guess I think the biggest thing that does it is being told no. I think that's the biggest thing. I think when brothers come up with a new idea, oh yeah, and yep. they're just flat out told no, mm-hmm. and they're not exp- it's not explained why. Right. It's no. Like, is it no because it's the way we've done things, or is it no because you don't like it, or, or you've tried it, or is it no because we we're not allowed to? You know, I think that that right there can kill the motivation with a brother very quickly. I, I agree with that, and I've experienced that with um brother Martin, and when I first met him. He was very closed off, kind of to himself. And now I see him kind of flourishing. And I think what happens with that is anytime he presented an idea, I'm like, let's try it. Let's try it. Let's do it. Let's try it. Right. And, what and let do you have in trying it? Exactly. And, and in doing that, they, they own a piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. So they can actually come there with their family and say, hey, listen, I did that. That was my idea. And it's everlasting. So, um, yeah, I agree with that. I think that's something going forward. A lot of lodges should go out there and... You know, embrace take, new ideas. Embrace new ideas, and uh, oh, we've done it. We've always done it this way. That is cancer, That's, especially to the newer members. And if masonry is going to survive another three, four hundred, five hundred years, you have to take the newer brothers' ideas. These are fresh ideas. We keep picking from the same tree. Right. Of we've always done it this way. And what are we doing? We're, exactly. we're giving them the roadmap. We're giving the older members the roadmap to how to get guys our and, age and how to survive in that climate. Because if you don't have those conversations, you got. I, I have brothers that, um, that they're fifty five, sixty years old. They're retiring, but that pension doesn't cover, um, everything. They don't even know how to make a resume. <laughs> so you got a brother in lodge who's versed in the arts of making a resume because he's had five jobs in the last five years. You know what? Ask him. But you never know because, you 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 shot him down with that idea. You have to give these brothers the confidence to go into the real world. And, you know, if if you can do it in a lot. For me, public speaking was never my thing. It still isn't. But I I know that I'm more confident in doing it if I'm j- given a job safety briefing at the job. Um, the confidence that I can do that in the real world came from Lodge and doing ritual and doing, you know, certain um, whatever. It just the, the, the ability to speak in front of a large group of men who are going to critique me but out of love. I know that when I go into the real world and somebody critiques me out of uh, jealousy or, or whatnot, it doesn't matter. Right. Because I've, I've, I've been in a situation where the people's opinions that I actually care about, they give it to me. So when I'm in the real world, all right, listen, no, this is what it is. 
you know, it's that confidence. And that's where, you know, the chipping away and a lot of these working tools, it, it, it helps you out in the real world. And it's that, that reward. I know I'm bouncing around a lot, so yeah, but the, bring, bring me back. <laughs> well, we could, we could tie it into this, like wrap it up into this. When you're taught in Freemasonry in the first degree, you're taught to get rid of the useless things, concentrate on what's important, start hewning your stone, okay, and making it a more perfect ashlar to fit into the world that you should be be mindful of the building you're putting it in too and a mason's work never ends after they get their third degree that ashlar oh, yeah, is never not. perfect absolutely not so it should also be a reminder to the brothers that are sitting and watching that degree saying how is he hewning his stone because ultimately all these stones are going to have to fit together to work right you know there's a i forget where it is there's a wall that was built it's in you know from antiquity it's a very old wall and all the stones are all different shapes mm -hmm. and sizes but all of the seams like you can't fit a piece, piece of paper right? in them yeah but it, some of the some of the stones are you know, rectangles. Some of them are squares. Some of them are big, and some of them are small. But all of those stones interlock, interlock, and create this wall. So, you may have a brother that was more imperfect than other brothers. Maybe you have a brother that's more versed in the craft and has been in the craft longer. Has been hewning his stone longer. But ultimately, if we're going to build this building or this wall, they all have to fit together at some point. Right. So you can't just discount the other stones in the wall. You have to fit in there somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. And so don't forget that we're all building something together. Right, right. You know, you can't just say... When I when I envision like a Masonic building, Masonic wall, the idea is is that you're going to have all these different shapes and size stones, and they need to work. We may need the cement of brotherly love to make us fit together, which fills in that gaps. You know, not to skip too far ahead in our discussion because we can get to that in another episode but the cement of brotherly love is what binds the stones together right because they're never going to fit together seamlessly and that's so I the mean, love the love part the mortar mm -hmm. is what fills in if there's the a if gaps. they don't quite fit that mortar of brotherly love is what binds us together anyway right so even if they're not perfect they fit same um you lose your uniqueness mm -hmm. and what you actually bring to it. You know, you can have a perfectly built arch, but that keystone is there and it's just, it's in your face. You know, the uniqueness of it. That, that's why those river rock structures, when they do that and they chip off and, and they make it interlock the way you said, it's, it's so beautiful to me because, 
again, you could you could take the easy way out and make everything uniform. Mm-hmm. But to make organization out of chaos, organize chaos, and just make it work, it's almost like a a, a a symphony or a song. You know, you got the drums, the violins, you got this percussion, you know, string instruments, and you, if they were all playing at the same time, it's just, it would just be noise. But you got the maestro commanding each, and it becomes a beautiful song. Same thing with the builder. Yeah. The maestro is the, uh, the worship master of the lodge, right? He's the one who's supposed to kind of coordinate it all to make it work. Yeah. And Understanding the strengths and weaknesses. Right. Some some stones might need a little bit more um, mortar to make them...